0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises.
1: Good morning and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Soyini Koch. Do you want happier, more productive employees? If so, keep listening you're going to hear all about that from our guests today. Craig Hyde and Catherine O'Day, CEO and COO of Rigor, a company in the Atlanta Tech Village that is consistently named one of the best places to work in Atlanta. Welcome to the show, Craig and Catherine.
0: Thanks for having us.
1: Thank you. Yeah. So to start us off, Craig, tell us a little bit about what Rigor does, aside from being one of the best places to work in the city.
0: So, so what we actually do and what customers pay us for is we help large companies and large, both large and small companies make their websites faster so that people are more engaged on the websites and ultimately buy more things and click more ads and have a better experience on their web properties. So that's, that's the core of our business. And we have a platform that enables people to understand how things are working and how to make them better. And anybody who's ever left a website who'd, that has taken too long to load Understands the problem. So it's a very ubiquitous problem, but the technology underneath is a pretty technical beast that we, we work to wrangle.
1: For listeners, if you want to find out more about Craig and Catherine read about the company, you can check out CEOExclusiveRadio.com. Tell us, Catherine, what is it about rigor that makes the company such a great place to work? That's a
2: great question because it's something that every company is trying to do. I think there's a few things at rigor that we have done well that help help with that. Number one, it's a priority for us, so it's a something that we talk about all the time. We spend money on, we spend time on. The other key piece is that we have employee generated core values, and those values um, we we met as a company, we talked about them, we came up with six values, and they're things that we all believe in. It guides us to decisions that we make, how we hire. It helps us grow really fast because uh, it's it's guiding principles for us. Mm. Craig, when you founded the company, did you
1: have a set of values that you came into the company with? And how did those mesh with the employee-generated values?
0: You know, that's a funny question. And when I first started the company, I came from corporate America. I actually used to work directly across the street from here. And I almost had a (laughs) a bit of PTSD when I came out of there <laughs> in that it wasn't a great environment. It wasn't a, a collaborative environment. It was very much what you would see on uh, on a TV show about, you know, big corporations where everybody's trying to climb to the top. But after a while and getting settled in, in our ways and seeing how other companies work, uh, it wasn't necessarily a, a list of things that I wanted to do. It's just that I wanted to make a place that was enjoyable for me to go to work every day and something that, made me happy if I was going to go 60 to 80 hours a week in the early startup days and there was just a few people in the room I just wanted it to be an enjoyable experience and that was kind of the the initial crux of what what started us you know doing a lot of these things to make the our work a better place to be and then over time we got a lot more intentional with it and it, it's something that evolved. It wasn't something that we wrote down a, a list of all the things that we do right away, but it's just the directional, hey, we have to be the best place to work because we're going to be here every day. And, you know, a big portion of our lives is going to be spent in this environment. It better be the best place to be so we are happier. Mm. It's pretty simple.
1: And how many uh, employees do you have now?
0: Right now we have a, uh, about 33 employees and that's up. Uh, I mean, we when we moved into Tech Village a couple of years ago, we were I believe there were four of us.
1: For the benefit of listeners, what's your advice on best practice for the amount of time and energy you feel should be invested in this aspect of the business?
0: Well, I mean, that's one of I could kind of tee that up for Catherine because it's one of the core things that she's working on. Um, aside from making our customers happy, it's also making our environment great. And so we do a lot of deliberate things, but do you want to talk to some of the, the amount of time that you put into it and yeah. that we put into it and some of the things that we yeah. do? Yeah,
2: so um, I would say my I spend probably 50% of my day every day thinking about how are employees doing? How are we doing as a business? Are people happy? What can we do better on that front? Over the course of this past year, we have implemented... Maybe ten new things to to work toward that. A few examples: we added Yours Day. Every Thursday, we people can work from anywhere. And is that Yours Day? Y- yours you Day. Yes. Yeah. Yours Day. Every Thursday, you can work from anywhere. There's no internal meetings, and so it's a great day to either be heads down on a project, or Schedule a doctor's appointment, and you know you're not going to miss something. So those are that's an example, like one example of something that we do every single week. It makes a difference for people. It doesn't cost any money. Something new we added based on feedback from employees. Mm. Give us some other specific tactics that you use to make your employees
1: happier and more productive.
2: Well, related to the values, uh, every every month we give out a culture award, and what's cool about the culture award is it. Is peer to peer, so the person who won it the month before gives it to one of their their coworkers, and it's based on it's not on the same team, so cross functionally, it's a way to reinforce the values and also recognize people across the company. The other thing uh, within our hiring process, we we ask. Uh, Interview questions that relate to the core values. So we make sure people are improving every day. They want to win as a team. Um, we also do really specific things so that we know that somebody is going to be really good at their job. For example, on our support team, we do chat support, and so part of the interview process is we have somebody chat with us as part of the interview to see um, how well they'll be able to do their job. And people are good at that. Then they come in and they're successful and everybody's happier yeah
1: so a good key takeaway for CEOs who are listening is if you have an interview process you want to make sure that somewhere in the interview it mimics the job that the person is going to be doing exactly be great to dig a little bit deeper one of the the areas that I've heard that's a little bit more difficult in interviewing and screening people is to match the cultural fit mm-hmm. so you can you know for chat, You can have them be on the chat to make sure that they have the technical skills for the job. Um, Or if it's coding, you can have them code or you can go out and see code that they've done to see if they have the technical skills for the job. Testing and really understanding whether or not the potential employee is going to be a cultural fit is a little bit more nuanced and difficult. Mm -hmm. I'd love for both of you to speak to how you in your interview process assess whether or not somebody's going to be a cultural fit for the company.
2: Well, one of the things you want to be really careful of is it's not about if you like the person, right? You do want to like somebody. But if you get into a thing of like, do we like this person, um, that, that doesn't create the kind of culture you want. It, it, uh, and it's actually not, it can add bias to the interview process, which is not healthy in that way. So what you want to do is you want to take your core values and come up with questions that assess each of the core values. For example, one of our core values is own your work. That means following through, being willing to step up. And one of the questions we ask to see if somebody owns their work is, what's a, a project that you took on that nobody else wanted to do? And how did you step up? What happened? And what was the outcome?
0: I think it's really important to have a solid interview process to take it a step up. I mean, we're here talking a lot about what we do to make our environment fun. I think a lot of businesses have a negative connotation of this hand-wavy culture thing like, oh, it's all fluffy rainbows and clouds, and it's all happy, fun and games, and nobody does any work. That's not the case in our environment. And what we do is we spend a lot of time on the recruiting and the interviewing process to make sure that we bring in A players that are really good at the job. And Catherine talks a little bit about how we test to make sure that somebody's going to be really good at the job. And then we have those set of tests that make sure that they're going to fit in the environment. And then we set the goals once they come in, in the company. And so when we have A players who fit in our organization, we don't have to s- and know where they're going. We don't have to spend all the time micromanaging because we know the job is going to get done well. And then we can just spend our time building a better organization. And that's a lot of what we spend our time doing. I think we've done a really good job of bringing in top talent. I mean, this is the most talented group I've ever worked with in my life. And that must be me too.
1: Me too. (laughs) That must be very gratifying as a CEO.
0: I mean, it's it is awesome. It's one of my favorite things to work with really good people who are driven and interested in things Mm -hmm. that they're working on. So it's it's just awesome to see all the activity that goes around with people just doing what they're interested in on a day-to-day basis. And so it's the interviewing process is really Something is something that we really focus on a lot to make sure we get that right so we don't have to worry about the production later. I don't know if that answered your question. I was kind of going off on a rant.
1: No, I I, <laughs> I think it, it does. And I want to drill down a little bit deeper to talk about ROI because, as you mentioned, it can be all loosey-goosey and fluffy-wuffy and all that. And yet you're a fast-growth company, so obviously it's working what's the ROI? And uh, turnover is usually when we have these conversations, it comes down to, well, turnover costs X. And so if we right. can decrease the turnover, then that's a clear ROI. Um, are you, do you see any benefits on the actual revenue generation side or what other benefits other than just reduced turnover can you point to from an economic standpoint?
0: Absolutely. it is a pure. There's a pure business case for having a good culture and a good work environment. For us, we get, because of the culture that we've created and the buzz that we've created about it. First off, we get a high number of applicants. So I haven't pulled the numbers in a a while, but for every role that we hired for years, we have had over 100 applicants on average. And so we're able to screen literally the top 10 or the top 1% get the role. That enables us to get the top, top talent. Now we don't have to go and spend 20% of their annual salary in recruiting fees to get these people there we have a natural we have an inbound demand for the roles that we have so we don't have to you know bribe people to tell other people to work for us and then our turnover is extremely low so and our we're getting a lot of stuff done so we have great people that come to us as opposed to us having to pay to get them we don't have the turnover and all those negative uh, effects that are associated with high turnover and we have a team full of great people producing great work. And so, as a result, I mean, we're able to be one of the fastest growing companies in Atlanta uh, past two years in a row on the, on the list for the Business Chronicle, and we haven't had any outside capital, and it's extremely rare for a software company of our size because it's a very capital-intensive bu- uh, business.
2: A few thoughts I had on that topic are ramp time. So, when you bring in great people, Uh, it's a good culture. People can get up to speed faster, so they're able to start contributing faster. So it's not just the ROI on that is if you bring in a salesperson and they're closing deals in the first three months instead of the first six months, that adds up big time over time. Um, the The other thought I had is around new ideas and innovation. So people come in, they're smart, they're go-getters, they have this culture where ideas are encouraged and we, we, we're improving every day and those ideas end up making us more money. Um, one super small example, we have our intern, even the interns, we love our interns, they're amazing. One of our interns said, Rigger, your glass door presence is, is weak, it doesn't show what how good you guys are. And so she's taken it upon herself. This is Glassdoor being the hiring the hiring the hiring sites? hiring okay. site. Exactly. And she updated all our information, you know, encourages people to give reviews if they feel so moved. And that's a a super small example, but it's a way that right away that pays off and comes back to you.
0: And to follow up on that, we had an interview 2 days ago and I asked, "How did you find out about Rigor?" And in the interviewee said, I saw you guys on Glassdoor.
1: Ah. Perfect example. <laughs> full circle. Yeah, full circle, full circle. Um, awesome. So for those of you listening, just as a reminder, we have Craig Hyde and Catherine O'Day from Rigor, a software company in Atlanta that's one of the fastest-growing companies in Atlanta, in Atlanta, according to the Atlanta Business Chronicle, and is consistently named as one of the best places to work. So to, to go back to this ROI thing, um, how do you know, honestly... And I think that it's maybe you're a little biased, but how do you actually know that you have a good culture? Or for CEOs listening, how would they be able to know whether or not they have a good culture or a culture problem?
0: Well, when we walk into the office, there's a plaque from the Atlanta Business Chronicle (laughs) that says the number one place to work in Atlanta.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. So that's a loaded question. So
0: that's how we objectively know, but it's, you can feel it. And we've had our ups and downs and we've had times when we're changing and, and the culture's not so great. And you can feel it when you walk, when you're in the business on a day to day basis. You just know mm-hmm. whether things are clicking and, and they're not, whether people want to come to work or they don't. I feel you can you can feel it when you walk into our office.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, like so, I 100% agree with that. Feelings are hard to measure, mm-hmm. um, and I was about to go are. there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There you
0: go.
2: So what we've done to measure it specifically, we obviously, the best places to work process, you do a survey and everybody takes the survey and you can get the results. And it's really interesting because we measure, we can see year over year how we're doing Uh with that, but we take it a step further and we also... I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. We use those same questions, but we do a quarterly survey that we administer internally and then we're measuring ourselves over time. And we, you take the ones that, you're, you're, that are the weakest and we we told our employees, we are going to look at these results and we're going to pick two things and then we are going to tell you what those two things are and we're going to implement them and we want you to know what those are. And then we implement them and then we see if it makes a difference. And so... We are measuring it quarterly. We are coming up with two ideas to improve it. We're being transparent about those ideas, and then we measure again to see if it made a difference. Um, another piece to that that I think is related is what are those ideas? I don't. I'm, I'm jumping ahead, but how do you know what ideas to pick to make things better? And one of the things we're rolling out is an in, internal employee forum four suggestions and people post suggestions and then they vote on them and the top voted idea gets implemented so it's a way for somebody to say, hey uh, this actually came up hey we need more whiteboards around the office Well we do, but that's not something that necessarily you're gonna come to the CEO and say, hey Craig, we need more whiteboards um, but it's a way that somebody can post it and then it becomes now it's super easy fix and everybody knows that uh, we're trying we're, that was what people wanted and then we did it. Mm-hmm.
1: In your experience in the and EO, I don't know if we mentioned it on the air, but EO is a uh, CEO peer group organization, of which Craig is a member, and you mentioned that before we were on air. Do you see that your colleagues have the same commitment to having a positive work environment? How uniform is that across across the let's say the, the groups that you see?
0: That's a it's a good question. I think everybody has some kind of idea in their mind that they want to make it to be a good place to work and be a fun work environment. What I think is the, the variance is the level of priority that people put on it mm-hmm. and the amount of the deliberate work that they're doing to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So that that's the piece that's all over the board where some companies are much more profit oriented, meaning that's all they care about, that others are more functional. So they're like, I just need somebody in here to do this job. So I think it changes depending on the type of person who's running the company, the type of industry that they're in, where they prioritize the importance of being a good place to work.
1: Mm. Great. Let's turn the conversation to talking about what's happening in you know the environment and talk a little bit about what you're seeing in the atlanta community or in your industry that you think ceos need to know so craig I'll, i would love to hear um the trends that you're seeing that you think are of interest to the ceos who are listening to the show
0: sure the well the big trend that ultimately ended us up driving us to driving the company to be launched is this this hand wavy thing called the cloud tech the, the cloud and it's a marketing term for software or applications or things that you're running your business on that you don't physically own and can't touch. There's a big industry, this is how, why we started, because there's a large industry, multi-billion dollars a year spent on software to make applications and other types of software work properly. But when you don't own it, when it's out there in the cloud and the web is the original cloud, you re- it requires different tools to make it make sure things are working properly because you don't own, you can't physically go and reboot a server if it's somewhere in the cloud. And so that's one of the big things that I see going on, and it's obviously happening, Amazon Web Services, multi-billion dollar industry, and it's just pure cloud. Um, and then another big one is the because this ubiquitous and low-cost computing is available, we're able to collect so much information and so much data of all these different types of things. And the stat is that in the past two years, there was more data created and collected than there was in the the history of humankind up to that date. So there's a lot. Everyone's talking about big data and analytics and all this capture of information. But the big trend, and this is something that we're working on, is what the heck do you do with this data? We collect... Internally we collect half a billion to a billion measurements a day. This is at rigor. This is at rigor our our system. We have to think to ourselves and say, who's going to go through all of that stuff and figure out what to do with that data? And so we write all like our secret sauce is hundreds and hundreds of algorithms that go through that data and manually and automatically figure it's out what's manually. going on
2: so you don't have to <laughs>
0: manually do it because that's what people used to do they'd go look at numbers on a screen and figure it out and now it's just too much for a human to do i think a lot of things are trending in that information where the internet of things and auto healing and all this crazy stuff where auto healing of applications and and that is kind of the trend moving forward because we have so much data and we have so much compute power mm. What is auto-healing? Um, so auto-healing, this is something that I pulled from Netflix. And behind the scenes on Netflix, there's millions of servers and networks running to get the streaming video to your your, your device. And they have this thing called... The you can you
1: make them faster?
0: Uh, and, 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 and I would do love it. to help them. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. So auto-healing... They have this thing that they call the Chaos Monkey that goes in there and breaks servers, breaks entire data centers, breaks networks, and it randomly does it in production. And they have, it's a challenge for the engineers, so they have to design and think about everything in the entire stack breaking and making sure that service still gets delivered. And so they built an auto-healing application for the delivery of content. It's pretty nuts.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm mm-hmm, Great. And what about the Atlanta Tech Village? I mean, I guess the Atlanta Tech Village, for uh, those of you who are maybe listening outside of Atlanta, is, is this little community of all the techie people in Atlanta that are coming together to help each other and do stuff and grow. And now Atlanta is actually kind of somewhat on the tech scene. So tell us about that.
0: Absolutely. So we're in the Atlanta Tech Village, which is right at um, Piedmont and Lenox. Mm-hmm. Which is ground
1: zero for, you know, kind of Atlanta Buckhead business.
0: Right. It's it. smack dab in the middle of Buckhead, and which is traditionally a, a financial district. And it's a techn- it's a building that's purely dedicated to startups and technology entrepreneurship. So there's a thousand people with hundreds of companies in one building in Buckhead, all trying to start businesses. And it's... The energy in there is amazing, and it's only been around for a few years, but it's really helped to propel the Atlanta startup community on the national scene.
1: One of the things that was has been a perennial complaint for the tech compete, com, uh, community in Atlanta is money. So, is there any money, any venture money in the tech village, and where's where's that? Oh, uh,
0: there. You know that that has. I think that's an eternal complaint. It's almost ubiquitous. <laughs> hey, I wish I had more money yeah um, but money does follow good ideas and what and, and good progress. so when there's a company that's making good progress and all the nu- all the numbers add up, money will follow because money wants to see progress. and I think what's happened is we've gone ground floor and there are more good ideas getting implemented because of the density of all these entrepreneurs in one place, and there's more things getting kicked off the ground, and as a result, if you open the Business Chronicle, you will see somebody getting funded from a West Coast company, uh, somebody from New York or all over the world, money's flocking to Atlanta because the ideas and the businesses are there now.
1: Mm. And what about um, uh, nascent uh, Atlanta venture uh, venture capital money? Is there any venture capital money coming up through Atlanta?
0: Oh, for sure. And and there's a number of there's a number of venture funds that have opened up within the past uh, maybe 5 five years are not opened up, but started to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Fulcrum Ventures is pretty new. Mosley Ventures is pretty new. And there's a few others that are mate opening offices in Atlanta because of what they see going on. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah.
1: Those thousand companies. Uh, I know that payments is big, you know, software is big. What are some of the, the the other industries that these thousand companies are in?
0: So in the building, it's a thousand people, okay. hundreds of, of companies, But some of the cool ones that came out, BitPay came out of there, which is payments, but it's via Bitcoin. Yik Yak is one of the, you know, the fastest growing social apps in the world, and that came out of two two recently graduated college students that were working at Hot Desk in the Village. Um, Some other companies are business or sales and marketing technologies, so Salesloft and Terminus are marketing, sales and marketing B two B plays that have graduated out of the building there's some healthcare tech with clockwise md all over the board but the core is technology
1: and so what are you looking forward to at at rigor what's what's next
0: for you uh, i have a I could be here all day to answer that question. <laughs> um,
1: but anything new and exciting happening at the company that you think CEOs would love to know about you?
0: So we just got a new office and we're pretty excited about that. So we have the, we're the we now the largest tenant in the Atlanta Tech Village. Ooh. And uh, so it's the, we're the biggest startup and we're really excited about that. But I'm super excited about where we're going. And I feel like we, we have... From a product standpoint and a where we're going in this market, we've really got, we're on to something. And right now it's all heads on, all hands down, all heads down, hands up, whatever it is. All
1: hands on deck, all he- heads, hands heads down, all, deck. Hands, all hands on deck.
0: But we're just going after this market. And that, I mean, that's what excites me to, to improve the business every day and go after it. It's not a very specific event. Um, maybe Catherine can go on, on some of the events, but that's what I, what gets me excited is taking the business to the next step and, and growing it and just seeing the, seeing the ideas that we have in our heads come to reality and work.
2: Catherine, you want to weigh in? Uh, sure. So one, two, two things I'll add related to the, the culture and hiring front. A team of A players, uh, we consistently see our new, our new hires we every new hire is the best new hire. Like every new hire is the best person we've ever had. And so I think once the snowball starts going, it continues to attract great talent and even more great talent. And it started out with a small group of core people, but it just keeps getting better and better now that we have the momentum around that. Um, the other thing, and this is, this is more tactical, but something that we've done in the This quarter that I think is going to make a big difference over the course of the next year is be super clear around what money is available for employee professional development, team cross-functional social events, team training. Every department has $25 per person per month to do stuff that's fun and recognize people. And when you let people know what's available, it starts... Again, now we've kind of we've given some structure and now people have the flexibility to just go. And I think that will continue to facilitate the culture that we want as we grow.
1: How did you go about determining what that budget should be and how much of your, your, uh, your P&L should be devoted to those kinds of things?
0: We just kind of picked something and, and ran with it. We looked at what we did over the course of the past few years and averaged it up. Um, so it's not a super scientific approach but it's just something reasonable and then the professional development budget's fairly significant and it's 1250
2: uh, 2500 Tw-
0: 20 per five, person per 2500 year 2500 per person per year and so that'll give enough leeway to have to go to a couple conferences or go to a an offsite training facility for some kind of professional training and that kind of gives them enough room to go do something meaningful.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for a great show. On today's show, listeners, we had Craig Hyde and Catherine O'Day from Rigger, a company in the Atlanta Tech Village that is an amazing place to work, according to the Atlanta Business Chronicle. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show.
0: This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at anonaenterprises.com.